The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Prosecutors in the college admissions scandal are pulling out all the stops to pressure parents to make a deal, adding an extra felony charge and sending target letters to some of their children. But some of the indicted parents are sending a clear message back to the prosecutors. They're prepared for the legal battle ahead. They're trying to get the charges dismissed by taking aim at the heart of the case. Joining me is former federal prosecutor Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter and English. Bob, explain what was happening behind the scenes before the indictments as the prosecutors tried to wrest plea deals out of the parents. Well, what typically happens in these cases is prosecutors can begin criminal charges in one of two ways. They can file what's called a criminal complaint, which is something that doesn't go in front of a grand jury, but is simply a complaint sworn out by an agent, and that can be used to charge individuals, which is what happened here. And then individuals will have the opportunity at that point to strike a plea deal with the government. And if they don't, then prosecutors take the case to the next step, which they've done here, which is to then return an indictment, which goes in front of a grand jury. And at that point, they could add additional charges and really try to apply even further pressure to those people who have not decided to plead guilty. So as you said, the prosecutors indicted the parents who didn't plead, added a money laundering charge. Plus, according to the New York Times, they notified some of the children of the parents that they could be targets of the criminal investigation. Does this mean that these parents have lost the chance for a good deal and really they don't really have much choice now but to move forward to trial? No, they we're certainly not past the point of no return. This is really just the government ratcheting up the pressure on these parents and essentially saying to them that if you decide to play hardball, if you're going to take this case to trial, then we as the government, as the prosecutors, are going to pull out all the stops. And we're going to add additional charges against you, and we're also going to consider charging others who may also be legally culpable, which may include your children. And what they're essentially doing is firing a shot across across the bow, letting these parents know that if they continue to fight this battle, that they may be dragging their children into harm's way. Does the deal the parents can get get a little bit worse as they inch toward trial? Well, that is usually the way it works because prosecutors like to get the best deal out there as soon as possible so they can get people to plead guilty. And they usually say the longer you wait, the worse the deal gets. So if you go past indictment and you go past motions and you take the case to the point where it is ready to go to trial or even at trial, that deal will usually not be nearly as good as the ones that they give out early on in the investigation. So lawyers for two of the parents, Gregory and Amy Colburn of Palo Alto, filed for a dismissal of the charges. Let's talk about their arguments against the conspiracy charge that cite a 1946 Supreme Court case. 
Yeah, that's a very interesting argument and one that you see raised quite frequently in federal criminal trials, although here they may actually have a basis for this argument. And it's a case that goes back to 1946, as you said, called Kadiakas versus the United States. And it goes to the central issue as to whether or not all these defendants can be charged in a single conspiracy or whether or not they're really multiple conspiracies. The defendants here are arguing that while there may have been, at least for purposes of uh, charging, a conspiracy between the parents and the individual who was arranging for the test takers and who was arranging for their students to be admitted as athletes, they had no idea about what was going on with all these other parents, and it is unfair and would prejudice them at trial if they were to be tried along with all all of these other parents who may have been doing different things, none of whom know each other, and none of whom were aware that the person they were dealing with was also necessarily dealing, dealing with all these other parents. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Another lawyer, Martin Weinberg, said the allegations about bribing coaches don't amount to money laundering. And other experts have said that the money laundering charges may be a bit of an overreach. What do you think? Well, money laundering is kind of an artificially created crime in the sense that money laundering is simply conducting a financial transaction with the proceeds of criminal activity. Here what the defense is arguing is that these payments as bribes were not proceeds of any kind of criminal activity at the time they were made. They don't become proceeds of criminal activity until after the recipient of the bribe receives the money. So they may have a good argument there. What about the argument of, I need a separate trial here, when you have some parents who are in California, some parents are in Texas, Massachusetts, all over the place, and there are different schools involved? Will they get separate trials? Yeah, that's an argument that, again, made almost every time you see a federal criminal case brought. Defense lawyers routinely file that motion, but here there may be some merit to it. You generally do not want your client to be tried along with lots of other people because at some point jurors may throw up their hands and say, well, if one is guilty, they all must be guilty. There's something called prejudicial spillover that defendants try to avoid. And here there's a pretty good argument that there was not one overarching conspiracy, but actually multiple conspiracies. Now, one of the advantages that you would get as a defense lawyer in having multiple trials is that means your star witness, Mr. Singer, who is the one who arranged for all these bribes and all of these payments uh, for people taking the test, would have to testify over and over and over again. And every time he does that, his story might get a little different. And that gives prosecutors an opportunity to have to prep him every time and to give defense lawyers the chance to cross-examine him over and over again, hoping to find inconsistencies in his testimony. Let's talk about one of the parents who did plead actress Felicity Huffman, and she seemed to make all the right moves. She pleaded right away. She showed contrition. She accepted responsibility publicly. Prosecutors plan to ask for a sentence of four to ten months jail time, according to CNN. That's the lower end of the sentencing range, but isn't she a good candidate for probation? 
Well, that's certainly something that her defense lawyers are going to argue, and it will be up to the judge at the end of the day, regardless of what the sentencing guidelines show, uh, that the judge can hand out probation. And one of the things that the defense lawyers will argue is that she showed contrition, all the things you just said. She came in right away, acknowledged what she did, has tried to make amends, and has otherwise led a law-abiding life. And it may be up to the judge to decide that no jail at all is appropriate here. Now, as far as the parents who are taking the case to trial, if they are not acquitted, if they're found guilty of the charges, what will their sentences look like in comparison? In other words, will they have a heavier sentence because they decided to go to trial? Well, that is usually the case. Although everybody has a constitutional right to a trial and everybody has a right to be presumed innocent, the re- innocent, the reality is that if you go to trial, you almost invariably end up with a larger sentence if, in fact, you're convicted. The prosecutors will throw other charges at you. They'll bring in other evidence. And you don't get points for accepting responsibility for acknowledging what you had done was wrong if you push the case to trial. So usually you will see defendants get longer sentences if they decide to take the case to trial and put the government to its proofs. Well, the mighty prosecution, but in this case, at least some of the defense attorneys uh, are very, very good, and the parents have enough uh, wherewithal to fight the cases. Thanks so much, Bob. That's Robert Mintz, a partner at McCarter in English, former federal prosecutor. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.